Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more, all covered now on Life Planning 101. And welcome in to Life Planning 101 on this marvelous Monday morning. Terry Slavin's with you, joined as always by Angela Kennedy Robinson. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, and boy, do we have a show lined out for you. Um, today is a really exciting topic, risk. <laughs> Something everybody always wants to talk about, but you know, it's really not in the way that you think about it. I think a lot of times when we think of risk, we think of the obvious risks that we face, right? Um, if it's your retirement, you, you worry about living too long. You worry about running out of money. You worry about uh, what the market's doing to your portfolio, your investments, right? These are the obvious risks that are out there. But the funny thing is, is usually, uh, you know, where you get the most value add from uh, someone that's working with you and, and going through your entire planning is to help you learn the risks that you didn't even know existed. And we have a saying around the office, Dad has been using it for years and years and years, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And it's often what you don't know that you don't know that's going to end up hurting you. Right. And that's so true. And, you know, I think a lot of people, um, I, I think most people, especially as they get to closer to retirement age, um, become very good stewards of their money. Either they've had to learn everything on their own, uh, wisdom has set in, so to speak, and they want to take care and preserve what they have so they do the best job that they know how to do. And sometimes that's they do a great job, and there's really very little holes. But then sometimes uh, we run into things that we're like, wow. And when they finally see what, what they didn't know, and it's not because they're an unintelligent people. It's just because they haven't seen the things that we've seen over the years. Uh, and and you don't think about that. You know, um, uh, another, another dad saying, I guess you could say, is he said, you know, people don't change their mind based on what they already know. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're never going to change your mind based on what you already know. You have your opinion. But if I were to give you new information, would you possibly change your mind? Yes, uh, if it's good information. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, you know, so I encourage everybody to look at today's show, listen to today's show with, you know, humility. Listen with um, open ears and be willing to learn because I think, you know, that, that is the biggest enemy that we can have is our own arrogance as we grow in our wealth and we grow in age. Um, we get worse and worse. I mean, I, I can uh, attest to that, that the more you know, the more you think you know. But really, uh, there's so much more out there that you might not know and it's, it could end up buying you. In a big way. So, you know, we all need to have those open ears, all be coachable, all be willing to listen and learn new things so that we can make better and better decisions. You know, I don't believe that there is a 
stagnation in life. I think there is no way that you can just sit there and, and not grow and not go backwards. You've got to be moving one way or the other. And so if you're not growing, if you're not growing in your learning, not growing in uh, what you're doing, if you're not making things better for your situation, what is actually happening? You're going backwards. You are going backwards. So, And a lot of people get complacent, and they think, I'm okay. Well, complacency means backward movement. So think about that. And um, what we're going to talk about today, um, I pinpointed it and I had a, it, this all came from a, a client a few weeks ago that was in to see one of our advisors. And they mentioned this one topic that we had brought up to them several years ago and how important that was to them. And I thought, you know, we need, we need to do, uh, we need to do a show based on these kind of risks that we see all the time. And there's three. There's three big ones that we see all the time that nobody really pays that close attention to because they don't think it's that important or they don't even know about it. So you're not going to want to miss it right here on Life Planning 101 when we come back. Three risks you need to be aware of. Welcome back in the Life Planning 101 segment two is up on us already. Angela has three risks she's going to talk to us about. Yes, that's right. You know, we, we all think about risk, it's in, and really it's everywhere. You know, it's from you, you go down the street, you can trip over a crack, um, to what happens in Washington, D.C. that we have no control over. Um, is a big risk for our life. But, you know, the, the thing is, is if you aren't looking every, at everything from what I call a devil's advocate perspective, is by doing this, what could be the unintended consequences? And if I don't know enough about that, if I don't have enough expertise about that, I probably need to seek advice. Um, you know, if you're not doing that, you need to be thinking about doing that, especially when it comes to your money, when it comes to your future, um, when it comes to your family. Those are very important things when it comes to your health, right? You often don't try to read a diagnostic test on your own. You get a professional to help you understand what's, what's going on there. And these are, these are no different. So the first of these that um, I see is, it pro- and this is, this is probably the most common, and I'm going to just throw a scenario out there. Um, you know, as as a couple gets older, or especially we see this a lot with single women or single men, you know, as you get older, you start to think, what if I, you know, what if I became incapacitated all of a sudden? What if someone hit me with their car or, you know, what if I needed help immediately? And their first answer is, I'm going to go add my kid to my bank account. Happens okay? all the time. We see this all the time. So sounds like a great plan, right? Kid has immediate access to everything. There's there's no problems whatsoever. They think, right? Right. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> so there's two things that this creates huge, huge, huge risk that we don't think about. Um, the first of which, which may be less significant, just depends on your personality and who you are is the risk of disinheriting your other children. See, when you add your children on your bank account as a joint with rights of survivorship titling, what that does at the first death is 
whatever's in that count automatically is owned by the survivor. Hence, rights of survivorship. So I hear it time and time again. People say, well, my kids will do what's right. They'll distribute it out. They'll make sure the other, other kids get it. And sometimes it's not a big deal from that perspective because you might not keep a lot in that bank account. But let's assume that you do keep a lot in that bank account or bank accounts, right? Now you've put a lot of pressure on your kids. And by the way, the other kids don't have any access to know what was in there. So, you know, things don't always go as you plan. What if that in particular kid was upside down at the moment, getting a lot of pressure from a spouse or business or whatever else? Um, we like to think things happen the way we want them to happen. It doesn't always happen, right? Um, and the second thing is taxes. People forget about this. There is such thing as a gift tax, and it could be applicable in this situation. And that's crazy to think about that, but it's true. So, you know, make sure that you're paying attention to what it does to your estate planning. Secondly, the second risk, which I think is obviously the bigger risk because it's applicable to everybody, is by naming a joint owner with rights of survivorship on your bank account, what you're actually doing is you're opening up the liability door to each other. So we, we actually had an experience of this in our small hometown years ago, and it wasn't, um, wasn't a client of ours, but Medicaid came after the child that was on the bank account. Medicaid. Wow. The grandfather was on the bank account with the, the grandson. Think about that, okay? And they said, well, you know, hey, there's assets here. They're joint owners, and we can do a fact find on this, right? Worse, what if, you know, my goodness, you hit somebody, right, in a car, and you end up getting sued? We're all fearful. We live in a litigious world. It's crazy to think that you are just, you, you could never be sued. You're, you're crazy if you think that way because we live in a very litigious society. So if you open that up for your kids or your grandkids that now all of a sudden they're liable for your lawsuit, think about that. And vice versa, it works the other way around. What if your kid gets sued? Now you're opened up to their liability. What if someone they run over? You're opened up to their liability. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's scary. It is very scary. And people do it all the time, all the time. The good news is, I mean, this is, this is really bad news, right? But the good news is there are other ways to fix this. There are other ways to still accomplish the same goals, make sure that your kids would be able to take care of you in the event that you became incapacitated or something happened in an immediate circumstance, right? They would be able to have access to these accounts. And it's usually a very easy fix to do all of that. The thing you want to stay away from is that joint with rights of survivorship ownership. That's that's huge. And the bad thing is, and I, I'll be real honest with you, um, we went round and round with a bank over this. We had a bank say, you know, it's not a big deal. And my question was, well, 
should we get an attorney involved to let us know if it's a big deal or not? And they back down real quickly. You know, but this is something that we've seen it happen. We've seen the liability windows open up for families because of doing the circumstance. So this isn't out of the he said, she said. This is out of real-life experiences. And, you know, we are always talking about that, that what makes our business so great is that we not only share the experiences we've had, but the experiences that our clients have, have had over the years. And this is real. It's a real liability. So if your bank tells you, you know, it's not a liability, you probably need to make sure that they've, they've got a legal team telling you that. And if the legal team's telling you that, they need to put it right. Yeah, that's if, if you don't, uh, you're leaving yourself wide open. This is exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, I think, um, I mean, that's a huge risk in itself. Um, the number two risk that we see, cash is king. Well, how can that be a risk, right? <laughs> cash. Cash is a good thing. Well, it is until it's no longer worth anything. So let me paint a picture for you. Do you remember 1989, Terry? Yes. Okay, what did you drive in 1989? Uh, a Jeep Cherokee. Jeep? Yes. Okay, all right. Do you remember what you paid for it? No. No. But it wasn't nearly what I paid for my last vehicle. I imagine. I imagine. Yeah. So I, I looked up and I was very curious. Um, in 1989, the average new car was going for, new car, new car, was going for $12,000. $12,000. Do you know what the average new car is today? $45,000. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you like nice cars. 34000 <laughs> Still, though. Thirty-four thousand dollars. So, 1989, 30 years ago, till today. So that is a 183 percent increase. 183, little more than six percent per year. Wow. Wow. Wow is right. How many times do we see people say, "Well, I've got this hundred thousand dollars sitting in this cash account, so I can buy my next vehicle." How many times do people just accumulate cash and they sit on it for years? And they may not buy a vehicle for six years. Right. But it's sitting there, right? So think about that. If that cash is, if $100,000 is sitting there for six years in cash, at that inflation rate of 6%, six times six, 36, do you just lost $36,000? That's a chunk of change right there. That is a massive chunk of change, right? And people do it all the time. Cash is safe. It feels safe. I lo- I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. I love cash. I love <laughs> to be able to have cash at my fingertips, right? Right. I have to remind myself, okay, I've got too much cash. Push it over. And I've got a trigger on my account. So when I get above my emergency funds, I have that swept over into my TD Ameritrade account, so at least it's earning something, even if it's in a money market, even if it's uh, going into a structured CD with principal protection, it's earning something to try to hedge that inflation dollar, right? Trying to hedge that 6%. Sure. But too often, we just become complacent, like we talked about at the introduction of this show, right? Cash fills good it feels good and, and i think the more the 
the older we get, I don't know what it is, because I'm the same way. I, I, again, I can attest to this. The older I get, the more cash I want. I want to be able to have my hands my or something at my fingertips in case I want to go buy it, in case I want to do something, in case I want to invest in something. I want that cash there. It's king, right? That's the, what we've heard our entire life. Have cash. Keep cash, right? Absolutely. Yeah, but it's not safe. It's not safe at all. Not at that kind of inflation rate whatsoever. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you got to go and invest it in stocks and then, you know, the market goes down like we, let's hope it doesn't do this for a long time, like it did in 2008 and nine when we had, you know, close to a 50% decline in the S&P. But, you know, let's, let's assume that, you know, you, you have it sitting in cash, you'd want to be investing at that time. Right. But right. let's assume that you don't put it in stocks that has that kind of risk, but you keep it in something that if that opportunity did arise, you could liquidate it and you may have lost a little bit, not a lot or maybe nothing and turn around and invest during that opportunity. That's when cash is king. Yes. That's what that means. Right. Is being able to take advantage of things when things are low priced, they're on sale. After all, how many times do you go to the, the store and go to the clearance rack? <laughs> Quite often. Quite often. <laughs> Why do we do that? Because everybody likes a bargain. Everybody likes a bargain. Does anybody like to pay, pay full price for anything? No. I've never met anybody does, except for when it comes to their investment. Right. For some reason, <laughs> everybody wants to buy when the market is going straight up. Nobody wants to buy when things are on sale. Right. Okay? The total backwards way of thinking, but that's what cash is king means. Not let it sit there and deplete itself, because that's what it's doing. You know, even at an inflation rate of two percent a year, after twenty years of sitting in cash, that hundred thousand worth twenty thousand dollars less. Right. Think about that. That's a lot of money. Yet we do it all the time, and I think the biggest fear for people is. Again, well, I don't want to invest that in the market, or I want to have it at my fingertips. Well, those things can be accomplished. You don't have to invest it in the market, and you can have it at your fingertips, but you can also have it working for you and at least trying to hedge that inflation bet. Because I guarantee if you're going to go buy a car and you have cash sitting aside to do all your car purchases through retirement, and you have that same 6% increase each year, just like we said it's happened over the last 30 years, just think of what that's caused you to come up with more of cash. And no matter what kind of a deal you get from the car dealer, you might think you get a great deal. It's not going to offset the loss that you've lost by having that money just sit. Yeah, it's exactly right. So, you know, imagine 10 years of sitting in cash Okay, and you've got a a 6% increase in the value or in the cost of cars each year. So in 10 years, you're going to buy a vehicle. Okay, so now your so-called 100,000 is only worth 60,000. Where are you going to come up with the rest of the money? I guess you'll have to borrow it and pay the bank then. (laughs) That's exactly right. And then you're losing out again. So, you know, a whole point is, don't go broke safely. It's crazy. It's a misnomer. It's a something we get in our head, just kind of like that feeling of putting your kid on your bank account that feels right, 
but there's so much wrong to it, and there's such a better way to do it, go about it and do it. So we have one more risk when we come right back right here on Life Planning 101 that I know you're not going to win. Final segment, Life Planning 101 on this marvelous Monday morning. Angela has one more risk to talk about. Yes. Are you exposed is the question. So number three, and if you missed the first two, you have to go back and listen to the show. It's just phenomenal information today. But we all say, I know I need to, but, right? We've all used that line in our lifetime. Several years ago, so we received a phone call. We were in the car uh, from a gentleman we work with, and the first words out of his mouth were, I messed up. And he went on to tell us about an accident he was just in on the freeway where he ran into the back of a stalled car, and consequently, a little boy lost his legs. The problem was that this gentleman was supposed to get a liability policy in place after he had left our office. 11 months before this. Oh. Just hadn't found the time to do it, right? Yes. Almost his entire amount of life's work was exposed to it. He hadn't done much other planning. He had a business that was worth about $10 million at the time. And I'm telling you, he was scared to death. And there's a quote that I've heard from a miscellaneous source that says, someday is not a day of the week. And I think procrastination is probably the biggest, biggest, hugest, massive, whatever adjective you want to use here, risk that we're all exposed to. It's like that silent, what is it, the silent heart attack, right? Right. It just sneaks up on you at the most unopportune time. So, What I'm going to encourage every one of our listeners to do today is I want you to pull out your phone and make the call that you know you've needed to make, calendarize the thing that you know you need to do and start doing, right, and start saving the money you know you need to save. I had some business owners in the office this week, and we were talking about tax reform, and we were talking about how much money they're actually going to be getting to keep in their pockets. And I said, this is the perfect opportunity for you to do what you know you've needed to do about your retirement, about your future, about your long-term care plan, about the life insurance for your family, right? Absolutely. The things you know you need to do and don't procrastinate because this gentleman's phone call could be you. And it's fine irony, isn't it? Your procrastination is often the biggest risk to your success. We think all of these other things, we worry about all of these other things. We worry about Washington, D.C. more than we worry about our own procrastination. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we look at it all the time, worrying about what's going on there and not looking at our own house. That's exactly right. So don't do it anymore. Don't do it. Three risks. You need to be aware of them. You need to take care of them. This is all about you today. So if you want any of this information in writing, we've got it, kennedy-financial.com. Log on, sign up for our newsletters. You'll get it this week with all of the information that we just talked about right here on Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson. God bless everyone, and have a great week. 
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.